1: Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy.
2: And thanks so much for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. Hope to bring you a slew of winners. I've got uh, the blood horses, Evan Hammonds, that's going to come on in the first segment. And uh, we're pretty much going to go over a lot of the major Breeders' Cup, winning your in-races on both coasts, and particularly the races that happened this last weekend because it really is well-timed for those horses for their trip to the Breeders' Cup. And... uh, The the graded stakes racing isn't quite over yet, although most of the major preps are. So I'm going to bring in a a longtime uh, friend of mine and a well-known handicapper in the Midwest. His name is Jody Evans. Jody used to co-host the regular guy show uh, quite a bit uh, in the Cincinnati area. We're going to go to Keeneland and Belmont Park. At Keeneland tomorrow, there's the grade three Buffalo Trace, five and a half on the grass. The weather's been great. It should be firm. Then, the big challenge the QE2 Cup, grade one, half a million dollars at Keeneland. We got a great rematch here. It is last year's grass champion, Catch a Glimpse, who appeared to be unbeatable, but was beaten in the Lake Placid by Time and Motion and will meet Time and Motion at Keeneland on Saturday. Then we go over to Belmont Park. The two-year-olds aren't finished. We've got the 126th running of the Grade 3 Futurity. And then a uh, interesting race to handicap uh, the $200,000 Pebbles a mile on the grass in New York. So, again, handicapper Jody Evans is going to be helping us here. Hope you had a great weekend at the races wherever you took them in, and I hope you pulled down our Winning Ponies Easy Win forms. Uh, if you did play Keeneland on the weekend, we had a $1 super that paid $6,157. Uh, two days earlier, it was a $1 super at Keeneland that paid $4,936. Of course, Big Pools at Belmont Park on October 7th gave us a $1 super key, a $3,632. Had a great week at Delaware Park with three big scores. I'll just pick one. Uh, On the third, there was a $1 super key that paid $3,000. As a matter of fact, one, two, three, four big hits at Delaware Park. So pull down the easy win forms. The racing isn't over, although a lot of the major uh, preps are. Again, uh, at at Keeneland and Belmont, we'll be getting some graded stakes action. Well, let's get to some news of the week. This one kind of caught me off balance. Creator retired and is going to stand in Japan. That's right. Winner of the Belmont Stakes. He's a son of Tappet, and he also won the Arkansas Derby. A grade one has been sold by Windstar Farm and Bobby Flay to the Japan Bloodhorse Breeders Association. So I gotta guess they got quite the offer to have a classic winner. Sold to Japan, uh, they say that the JBBBA approached them with a strong desire to stand a top grade one winning son of Tapit. So, no one has quite uh, revealed uh, what the uh, checkbook was, but I'm sure that was a big number on the end. Uh, of course, we recall that he was trained by Steve Asmussen, creator, retired with a three-four and one record from 12 starts and earned more than 1.6 million on the racetrack. He was a $440,000 yearling purchase by WinStar. So, a classic winner, leaving us, Exaggerator. I looked down at the daily racing form over the weekend, it says Exaggerator to get a rest. Looks like he's going to get a big one. The classic winner and leading sophomore, Exaggerator, the only three-year-old Colt with three grade one wins in 2006, Has been retired from racing and will enter stud at Windstar. So, uh, creator uh, won't be there, but it looks like exaggerator will. Uh, They feel that, uh, you know, he's pretty much proven himself. Stud fee will be announced at a later date. And uh, the reports are that he's a sound horse. He passes all physical exams, but is the only three year old to test. All the Triple Crown races and Summer Classics, he's a horse that's asking us for a rest. The fact that he remains sound after 15 big-time starts in the last 16 months is testament to his ability. And he's a throwback to none other than Curlin, his daddy, uh, who has been knocking him dead in the breeder standings. So, uh, you know, Exaggerator really, uh, you know, everybody said, uh, you know, that they had questions about his record on a fast track. But if you think about it, he, he ran everywhere in all types of conditions. He was always faced the best horses. Uh, Elliot Walden uh, was sure to point that out. And you look at the multiple different speed figure uh, makers that rated Exaggerator, it actually bears out that he was as fast or even faster. On a dry track, as he was on an off track, so uh, it depends on you. Look at the uh, and Sheets or Jerry Brown, but they give him high marks. So, uh, Exaggerator, you think about it: in 16 months, he made 15 starts at 10 different race tracks, coast to coast, and amassed 3.5 million in earnings. Of course, that makes him Curlin's highest lifetime earner, and his only three-time Grade winning son. Of course, trained by Keith DeSormo throughout his year and ridden by Hall of Fame jockey Kent. Well, another grade one winner that's going to be retired is Brody's Cause and he's going to be retired to Spendthrift Farm who continues to add to their stallion roster. Uh, He's a son of Giants Causeway. He was a grade one winner as a two-year-old and a three-year-old. So uh he will join the uh the group at Spendthrift. They have to share the upside plan, now. Brody's Cause will be offered at 15000 on a two-year commitment, and in that case, the breeders will earn a lifetime breeding right beginning in 2019 after having two live foals. Uh, that, that's a, a pretty good deal, and Spencer has been making that with all their stallions. So, uh, you know, Brody's Cause, he's one of those horses that was always there, uh, became a millionaire with a powerful victory in the bluegrass stakes, uh, streaking clear from the field. So uh, he will be shuffled off to Spendthrift Farm. Jockey of the Week, Irad Ortiz, three-graded stakes winner. On Saturdays, he won two of the seven stakes scheduled at Belmont, the half-a-million-dollar Hill Prince aboard Camelot Kitten, and the grade one 500,000 Flower Bowl with, yeah, you heard it, Lady Eli. We're going to be hearing more about that. Uh, Ortiz led North American Jockey Colony by stakes, earnings, wins, graded stakes, wins, and finished in the money on half of his mounts. Currently, he's the second-leading jockey year-to-date behind Javier Castellano. And in third, Jose Ortiz, who moved his tack to Keeneland and on opening day rode a three-bagger. And I will have to tell you, you know, we'll be going over some of the Keener results here, but it was very eerie at the track on Saturday. Got there early to get settled in. Noticed a huge long line outside of the grandstand, and they weren't letting people in. So I checked it out, and they said, there's no power. No power. Now, they did let me in with my credentials, and it was really strange. Thank God I had a phone with me because the stairwells were dark and made my way up to the press box, and it was just so strange not to hear... You know, any keyboards clicking. All the TVs were off. There was no media whatsoever. Uh, the, the press box was maybe about half full, and it was very strange. And the power eventually did come on, and the races started 40 minutes late. But that was a a little bit a uh, little bit different, kind of strange. So um, here, here's some some Breeders Cup news. I think this is a good call. Dortmund's headed to the Breeders Cup Dirt Mile and not the classic. I do believe that he's spent enough time banging his head against some of those big boys trying to go a mile and a quarter. Uh, he's been chasing California Chrome. I think the the switch to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, a very good choice for his connections. Now, we've got some defections. DeCita is going to be sidelined for 60 days, and she is out of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, so the five-year-old daughter of Scat Daddy will have to pass, Uh, Chad Brown remains optimistic that she'll return for the races in 2017. So uh, she is a multiple group one winner, and hopefully DeCita will be back to race in front of us again next year. Now, this is late breaking. I just pulled this down from the blood horse. Catherine Sophia is going to skip the Breeders' Cup. Uh, According to uh, Mark Taylor of TaylorMade Farm Agency, and she's going to be offered at the Fazig Tipton November sale. She had a high white blood cell count after her third place finish in the cotillion, and trainer John Service didn't see enough from her in recent weeks to stress her out and take her over to the Breeders' Cup. So, looking out for the horse, you know, he's doing the best thing. He says, uh, What a ride it's been. She. Won six of nine races for them by over 50 lengths. Of course, uh, after her Kentucky Oaks score, she ran third behind Karina Mia in the Acorn and behind Songbird in the Cotillion. No disgrace there, but uh, late breaking news that, in fact, Catherine Sophia, she's going to be going through the sales ring and not to the Breeders' Cup. Now, uh, Nyquist is shooting for the Breeders' Cup Classic, um the, the owner is kind of wondering after the bad performance in the Pennsylvania Derby, should they go? But trainer Doug O'Neill seems confident that the way he's been training, that he it's worth a shot. He's doing good, and they're going to try to get him to go a mile and a quarter. We know he can do that because he did it in the Kentucky Derby. So that's a look at some Breeders' Cup news. Of course, we'll be covering a lot of Breeders' Cup things with our first guest, Evan Hammons, from the Blood Horse take a quick look at some of the races from last week that we covered with my friend Ed Meyer. At Belmont in the Frazette, it was Yellow Agate. Buy ahead. Yellow Agate was the favorite under the Christopher Clement Barn. Came into that race with the best buyer figure. Second was Libby's Tale, Ed's selection. And third was number six, Colorful Charades. In the Kelso Handicap, the winner there, anchored down Wire to wire by two wins, another one trained by Todd Pletcher. Then at Belmont, it was the Flower Bowl, and so happy to see this. Both Ed and I pulling for Lady Eli. She rated pretty well. She had to put in a strong finish. It was no easy race, but she is back on track. Her record now, eight starts, seven victories, and a second. Good to see Lady Eli back from the Chad Brown barn. Then at Belmont, the baby boys a nose win here. It looked like Cinder The Mets couldn't finish on top, but it looked like he was gonna led throughout and just got caught by my selection. Practical joke at the wire. Third was favorable outcome. And then the Jockey Club Gold Cup, a short field, but a million dollars up for grabs. Looked like Baffert made the right move. He shipped a opportunity. Opportunity rated and got up by three-quarters of a length over FNX, who had the lead after a mile. So those were the big races uh, from Belmont Park. We'll probably uh, look at most of the races from Keeneland uh, with uh, Evan Hammonds, uh, who should be on with us shortly. So rather than be repetitive, what we'll do here is take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be with Evan Hammonds from the Blood Horse. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. (laughs) All
2: right, and with me is Evan Hammons from The Blood Horse. And I regret to inform you that I forgot to pull down his full bio. I don't know if there's been any changes in his status at the Blood Horse. I can catch up with that. But most importantly, Evan Hammonds, who won your soccer game tonight?
3: Oh, yeah, uh, under-8 uh, soccer game here in Woodford County, Kentucky. My uh, son's team that I, that I coach, uh, Manchester United, uh, we uh, we uh, clipped the Falcons 6-4. to four. Very good. And I, I understand there was
2: Supposedly going to be a surprise at the game. Did you guys pull it off?
3: Uh, yes, we did. It was, it was a, it was a great story. Uh, one of our, uh, kids on the team, his father is, is in the military and spends, uh, you know, 11 months of the year in, uh, Dubai and he was in town and was able to, uh, watch his game, watch his son play for the first time. He's, we, the game was originally scheduled for Saturday. We were able to move it to Thursday and, uh, and it was, it was just great to, uh, have him there and it was great for him to see his son and he's he's uh, he's getting on a plane tomorrow and and going back to dubai
2: so uh, it was it was a great it was a great evening god bless him and i'm glad you guys were, were able to pull that off well um you know you, you sat down across from me at the press room at Keelan last week you luckily weren't in a big rush to get to the races so you missed the blackout from what I understand <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden seeing you again it's like wow man we haven't had Evan on the show for quite a while and uh, I, I always like your uh, introspective thoughts on the on the racing game so let me just hit you with some hey. big names uh, as we're leading into the Breeders' Cup uh first uh, your impressions uh of his campaign and of his current condition, I'm talking about California Chrome.
3: Okay, well, that's uh, a good topic uh, because I just spent some time at a tailor-made farm last week doing a story for the – it'll be in the Blood Horse next week on <clears throat> their, their stallion operation and their acquisition of California Chrome. It, it, it's just been phenomenal, but, but it, it, it's, a, it's a time-honored uh, tale. I mean, the, the horse went all the way through the Triple Crown – Riggers at three and, uh, he didn't really have a break and, you know, he went from there to Dubai and where he ran second and then he went to England. And it was just one of those cases where he just needed time. And, and that, at that point, the Taylor, the Taylor boys bought into the horse. Uh, they, they backed off running him in the Arlington meeting last year and just sent him to the farm and gave him uh, all the time he needed to just completely let down. They started to bring him back, and and I I think he's a much better horse at five than he was at three. Uh, well, the, the, the things he's done this year have been uh, his, his races have been phenomenal.
2: They've been awesome, and uh, we had Alan Sherman on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he was just so impressed with his physicality when he went to go get him at Taylor Made. I was uh, lucky enough to be with Frank Taylor and Alan. Uh, when uh-huh. he first saw Chrome, and he was just like, "Wow!" Has he grown into himself? Of course, he was taking a nap at the time. He says, "What time <laughs> is it?" You know. He says, "Every day at noon, he's out." You know. He's like, "This yeah. is what he does." You know. And a good horse—that's how they keep themselves, you know, relaxed and happy. And uh, you know, I've, I've heard that a lot about horses that like to take naps in the afternoon. Well, let, let me move on to, uh, to another one. I think it's been a very okay. sporting gesture on B. Wayne Hughes uh, keeping uh, Beholder. In training, uh, she certainly seemed like, you know, the super horse. But I just wonder, is there a little bit of edge off her? And uh, how do you see her as far as uh, facing
3: uh, Breeders' Cup horses? Yeah, well, again, I mean, there's no doubt to her career. And kind of like California Chrome, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's pretty unbelievable what she's done to win a championship at two. And at three and then as an older filly i think there's only been like only two other fillies that have done that in the history of, of the sport and you know i the it was the sporting thing to do and also with the breeders cup being at santa anita and that's her home track it was great to uh, have that in mind but it, but it, you know it, it looks like uh age is is catching up with her or or you know she's just happening to happen to hook uh stellar win too who is at the top of her game but uh it, it'd be interesting to see the number of, of starts she's made, all her accomplishments, and she, she's going to be the uh, third choice in the distaff behind Stellar Wind and uh, Songbird.
2: You know, uh, well, you just led me into my next horse. Uh, <laughs> I it, it, a lot of people uh, were talking about that uh, racing might have an American pharaoh hangover, but if anything, we've seen uh, some excellent signs of brilliance, uh, and I'll start with
3: Songbird. Yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah, and we can talk about all the, the her and and Stellar Wind and Beholder and and the, and the dist and the turf Phillies as well. Well, but I think it's kind of a year of the Phillies and, and Songbird is one of those horses you you watch, and you know it's, it, it's hard to, for me, hard to fathom or grasp just how good she is because she just looks like she's doing it so easy, and there's there's never you know. Oh, never any wasted movement in her stride. Mike Smith, you know, never really has to work really hard on her, yet she goes out of there and just clicks off those fractions, and, and nobody can keep up with her. She, it's, uh, i <laughs> I get, you kind of run out of
2: superlatives with her. Yeah, you do. You know, I, I watch a lot of morning workouts, and most of her races look like morning workouts.
3: Yeah, she goes out of there and it's and, and the fractions, are she just clips them off. They're just, like, steady and, and, you know, the, the, the riders behind them start disappearing, and they go to the whip, and they, they, they've got no answer.
2: Well, while we're talking about the ladies, uh, my heart was full on Saturday uh, watching the, the flower bowl mm. and the return of Lady Eli. There's a great story, too. What a fantastic story. Uh, job Chad Brown has done. I certainly didn't lose any respect for her in her comeback race in the Boston spa. I thought she ran her eyes out that day. Obviously after about fourteen months off she needed the race. She she was There was no walkover in the flower bowl, but she was still still impressive and I, I can't wait for her to make it to the Breeders Cup.
3: Yeah, well she you know that uh, that race was kind of weird in a way in that it was only like a five horse field or something. You got a grade one race for the half million dollars, but uh there wasn't really a whole lot of uh, people lined up to run against her, but it was funny. We, you and I were at Keeneland. I think we probably split up at that point, but uh, I was still in the press box at that point because I think it was an earlier race. But everybody stopped and 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 watched it. It, it was quite impressive. And the thing about uh, her is, I, I think about her trainer, Chant uh, Brown, and and you look at just the the multitude of uh, top fillies on the turf he has is he has to who won the, uh, the uh, Diana. He has uh, uh, C. Khaleesi, who was also in that race. He has uh, two horses that are entered in the EP Taylor at uh, Woodbine on Sunday in, in and, and and I think it's Reyna Di Battiera. And, and, and they're, they're all, they're all number you know, number two, number three, number four, number five in, in the, in the barn behind Lady Eli.
2: Well, again, while we're talking about great girls, uh we've got to talk about uh, a, perhaps a, a bit of an upset um, on uh on saturday uh-huh. at, at Keeland. of course uh, we got to see a lot of people tear their their tickets up uh, <laughs> uh, after uh Teppen, uh ended up running second to photo call um, it was uh Quite an interesting race. I mean, you've seen it a lot of times where a horse will go out and, and get a 10-length a, a lead and then people are confident enough to just start to reel that horse in and you, you kind of just kept waiting for that. Uh, to happen in in the First Lady. I I was out at Portofino on Saturday night and at the bar with a cup of coffee, eating some fish and rice was uh, Kent DeSormo by himself. I walked up, I said, Kent, be careful when you leave. I said, there's some Lexington police out there that want to uh, arrest you for uh, theft. Uh, (laughs) He absolutely uh, stole that race after six furlongs was on top uh, by 10 lengths. And from what he told me, and I don't know if he was joking or not, he said he was told by Todd Pletcher to cover that that horse up, but he said that she was so strong. He just kind of made the decision after a quarter mile. I'm going to let her go for a while and see if I can get her to relax. And obviously, the plan worked.
3: Yeah, well, we were uh, you know down there in the uh, outside the winter circle after the thing, and he, he told the same thing to 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 us and to the folks at TVG. Um, uh, interesting thing about that race, and I try not to get too wrapped up in in in, in the in the numbers, but. The, the Apple Bay speed figure for that race, Photocall ran off the charts. She ran like a 130, which I, might even be the highest number of the year. Now, Teppen, who was two and a half lengths behind, ran a, I think a 124 or a 125, which was like one of her best numbers. So she ran her race. She ran a great race. It was like the same number she had run in, uh, the Woodbine race, the Woodbine mile, the, the you know, her start before but uh, you know photo call just freaked and and, and Teppen you know that was that was a, a really good feel top to bottom and you know she was obviously able to pull away from everybody else but was still two lengths in, in arrears of a photo call so again on the, on, this, on the on the speed numbers, speed figures Teppen ran her usual race which usually she wins by six but you know turning for home she was it was just you just knew she wasn't going to get there
2: yeah, you know, just just you know, and again, it's not every day you get twenty nine to one on a, uh, a daughter of Galileo out of Rock and Gibral, who who, had,
3: who, yeah, who who had sold for three million three million dollars in November. So,
2: incredible, <laughs> yeah, uh, unbelievable. All right, well, again, let's let let's go to another lady. I know it seems like uh, like Ladies' Day here, but uh, also Portofino at the table next to us were the connections, and they were. Uh, Feeling no pain, of Miss Temple City, who chose uh-huh. to race against the boys rather than face Teppen, mm-hmm. and once again upsets the boys at Keeneland. She loves that course.
3: Well, uh, you know horses. <coughs> excuse me, horses that that love that Keeneland turf. <coughs> excuse me, love, love the Keeneland turf, and, and I, they did the same thing in the spring when Teppen went in the uh, Jenny Wiley. They, they went in the, uh, maker's mark and beat the boys there. So, uh, she's had her, uh, Miss Temple City, I guess, has had her difficulties, uh, throughout the summer and, and after the race, Grand Motion said it was concerned, but it looks like, uh, she's back too. But it, but it's, uh, looking, looking ahead to the Breeders' Cup, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. Like, A, where a photo call, call goes. Does she go in the, in the mile against the boys again, or does she go to Philly Mayor Turf and uh, Miss Temple City? And, and and another wild card is the new turf course at Santa Anita. I know. That looks like a putting
2: green from what I've seen so far. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, we better not get away, uh, Evan Hammons, without at least talking about one one of the boys' races. And you were right there to watch uh, the Breeders Futurity. Uh, You know, how loaded is the Cassie barn? We're going to talk about Classic Empire, who, who went off the favorite. Kind of stalked the pace and then pulled away to win by three with Julian Le Paru in, in the saddle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can throw out uh, the hopeful where he wheeled a, at the start of the race. I'll be honest with you; that race kind of reminded me of Nyquist uh, Breeders Cup last year.
3: Well, I, yeah, I'm not really sure about that, but uh, but you're right, and I'm, I'm glad you you brought this race. Uh, this is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, you, you look at uh, you know Breeders Cup's past and two-year-old races, and you would kind of think the, the West Coast horses uh would have an edge, and then you watch the Champagne, and then what a bang-bang finish that was with Practical Joke and Syndergaard. But, but watching the Breeders' Futurity, uh, this classic uh empire, is, I, I, I think is the real deal. I, I think he's the best two-year-old, and, and he should go out to California and, and put on a similar performance. I was, I was very impressed by his outing.
2: And as I recall, pretty much bred on the same lines as AP Indy, with uh, Pioneer of the Nile on top of the uh, Stormcat line mare. So uh, we'll see if pedigree history can repeat itself.
3: Yeah, and and talking to uh, uh, Mr. Oxley after the race, he was was saying how very involved he was at the, at the sales that year, as he is. He spent a lot of money on yearlings, and and he specifically. Uh, told told Mark Cassie, uh, Mark Cassie looking at horses with him. said He said, "We're going to buy this horse," and uh, yeah he did, and uh, it started to be, I think it turned out to be quite a bargain. But uh, again, we we have a lot to go between now and, and the Breeders' Cup. But I, I would say that was one. That's one uh, performance where I would say, "Here's a horse who can definitely step forward and 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 win the Breeders' Cup."
2: Well, Evan Hammons with the Blood Horse, I just want to tell you, you guys have been doing a, a, a great job. Uh, you've got some uh, great people in key positions there. I really like getting the daily report in my email now. That That oh, is good. super, you know, very, very, very fresh. And uh, I would advise our listeners to get, go up on the Blood Horse. It doesn't cost you a nickel. you just got to sign up for it. And, uh it's boom! It's right in your mailbox every day, and then you know you kind of do your week in review and what's coming up. Uh, so uh, thank God that you guys are all still there, and you got a great cast of characters that you're surrounded by.
3: Yeah, and I, and, and uh, just tipping my hand, but in the next uh, couple of weeks we have some new uh, some new writers and some new employees coming in, so it's it's going to get even better. And you're right about the da- the daily. The daily product is a uh, uh, it's, it's an app. It's also a downloadable PDF, and it, it's free. And and even if there's things I've missed, (laughs) when I get up in the morning, I I hit the button just to make sure there's something there that uh, I didn't uh, didn't catch while I was uh, coaching soccer the night before.
2: Well, uh, Evan Hammons, thanks so much for being on with us. And uh, may Kentucky's Manchester United continue
3: their winning ways. Oh, we're, we're we're off and running we're, we're off and running uh, the the under eight kids uh, it's uh it, it, you know it's it's the old uh, commercial from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago it it is hurting cats but uh we're doing all right
2: <laughs> all right Evan Hammons from the blood Horse thanks for joining us we're going to take a quick break and we come back we're going to bring on handicapper jody Evans you're listening to winning ponies. <laughs>
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What?
2: All right, and back with me now, a good friend, Jody Evans, that uh, has helped me out in handicapping for many, many years. He's uh, based in the Cincinnati area, started out going to one of the tracks I started going to uh, after I moved out to this part of the country, and that was Latonia, that eventually became Turfway Park. Like so many good uh, uh, people we've had on this show, it all starts out with going to the races with Dad. So, uh, uh, But... uh, from that, he, he, he does like the horses on the New York circuit and the Kentucky circuit, and that's why I've called him in to help me out with some of the greatest stakes races at Keeneland and Belmont Park today. Jody Evans, welcome to Winning Ponies.
4: Hey, John. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, again, let's go ahead and paint a little picture of you.
4: Who are you, and why do you love horse racing? Oh, I just, I, I love the competition. Uh, I love the beauty of the sport. And I, I, I think Steve Bix did it best. Uh, every race is a puzzle that you're just trying to solve. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like this this sport in this game. I, you have to do your homework, and you have to, you, you have to prepare. If you don't, you will fail. Um, but uh, I, I can't think of anything else I'd like to do more in my leisure time. Well, I know,
2: Jody, when I see you... Uh, Often you've, you've got the full form, you've got a couple tracks checked off. Uh, how would you describe your handicapping style, or do you change from track to track, or do you change from maidens to stakes to claimers?
4: Uh, you know, John, I, that's a great question. I, I, really enjoy, uh, I, I really enjoy stakes racing most, yeah, and I'm sure everybody else does. But also I like following a circuit. It, it kind of goes back to the old days where when we, you and I were coming up, we may only have one track to follow because we didn't have the simulcasting. So you, you started watching for cycles, uh, you know, and, and trainers and, you know, their patterns and what they may want to do. And also, of course, you know, watching uh, for the hot jocks and, uh, you know, things like that, which we've got so much information out there now in the technology age that it, it makes it easier for us. So, you know, I, I like to take advantage of, you know, different situations that I can find where I feel like I find value
2: Right. I, I think one of the really good ones is watching trainer angles. I mean, that's something in the old days you had to cut your charts out and keep big books and you know, realize, wow, this guy's good off a layoff, or you know, this guy's good when he goes from a sprint to a route. And all that information's already done for you, and it's in your hand.
4: Absolutely. You know, another thing, John, is uh, you know, something that we, you know it, back in the old days, where we might find a jockey coming in from a different circuit that nobody had heard about, and, you know, it's hard to find those jocks now, but I remember when you and I were doing the show, we had Raphael Bayerano and John McKee battling it out for Top Apprentice of of at River Downs. Do you remember that? Uh, how could I forget it? I've got both of theirs
2: in, uh, initial winning photos autographed. Very cool. And, you know, of course... You know the Rafael. Uh, you know you, you went, went on to, to to the bigs and remains there. Uh, John, you uh, ended up being the leading rider at Oaklawn Park. He broke all of Steve Coffin's records. Th- that wasn't a pretty exciting year, Jody. I have to admit. Yes, it was. And uh, you and I had a lot of fun that year with those two. A- absolutely. Well, um, we're coming up. I just got off the, the, the phone with uh, with. Uh, Evan Hammond's at the Blood Horse, and uh, you, you got to get out of that nightclub you're in. I'm starting to hear something in
4: the background. So, um, you know, it's funny. I'm actually at the Trump rally tonight here in Cincinnati. So,
2: uh,
3: anyhow,
2: before we get into to, to looking, yeah. we'll probably take the Keeneland races first. Uh, Step back and uh, hit me with the horses that have impressed you most uh, leading up to the Breeders' Cup
4: so far. Well, you know, I caught the tail end of the uh, segment with you and Evan. I know he likes classic empire, and I, I can't argue with that, but I'm going to. I, I-, I love Dale Romans' this two-year-old, not this time. Uh, you know, I- I- when he won Iroquois two or three weeks ago, I- he-, he just uh, he did that so easily breaking, I think, from uh, post-8 that day from the far outside. A little slight bobble coming out of the gate, spotted the field a couple of lengths, and Alvarado just never panicked and just kept pushing buttons all the way down the back stretch. The horse responded every time. Um, And Romans, that's all he's been talking about for the past couple of months is that horse. Uh, He says it's the best horse he's ever had. So I'm really excited about him. I, I don't know if you guys talked about California Chrome, but... I think yep. he's scaring everybody away from the uh, classic. And in your, you know, in your multi-race uh, wagers, he's a free space. I, I just cannot see anybody beating him this year.
2: No, and uh, at the top of the show, we announced uh, that Dortmund said, I've had enough of California Chrome, and they're going to they're put him in the, in the mile. And uh, I think it's a wise decision. I, I definitely do. Well, we're, we're going to see some really good horse in the weeks ahead. we got Chrome. We talk about Beholder, Songbird. Uh, Frosted remains a, a mystery. Uh, but uh, either way, yeah, I, I think Chrome's at the top of his game, and uh, he, he, he's going he's to be one of them. Probably going to single on my, my long tickets. Well, listen, let's get into a little bit of, for us, what is local handicapping, and that's down at Keelan. As you know, the weather's been pretty nice around here, so uh, it's a rare distance, and this race is going to be tomorrow on Friday. Uh, the Buffalo Trace, grade three, five and a half on the turf. That's quite the, the niche uh, distance. The one thing that jumped off the paper to me, Jody, was Mississippi Delta. Just ran in the first lady against Photocall and Tepin six days ago, and uh, yeah, finished up the track, never really got into the race. Normally, the horse shows more of a pace factor. I got to guess Cassie just said, "Hey, that was a public workout. Throw that out. you know, uh, We're going from a mile, where we're reeling back to five and a half. I, I just found this very interesting, also going back to Florent Giroux, who won yeah. at Kentucky Downs uh, with this uh, Giants Causeway Philly uh, Four to one. I, I just think that's kind of weird, man, for Cassie to come back
4: in six days. You know, John, I, I agree with you there. I, I'm a little concerned about that. I, uh, I'm i just wondering if they do go ahead and scratch the horse. Um, but, you know, talking about Florence Giroux, just, uh, just for a brief second, I mean, what an amazing year this guy has had. I, I think he may be second or third on the uh, – uh, money, uh, money, one list, and uh, I mean, anywhere he goes, his horses are are live in any stakes race. So you got to pay careful attention. But I, you know, Mississippi Delta, I'm, I'm actually going to play against her in that race, John. Um, who who else do you like in that race? Uh,
2: well, let me take a quick look. Uh, I think Graham Motion scares me coming in from Saratoga with uh, Mattella. You know, Graham Motion's had five starts at Keeneland. Three of the horses have won. Uh, he, uh, you know, is really good off, off a layoff. Uh, but this horse is not won at the distance. I usually like to try to find horses uh, at this niche distance that have done it. There you got a 10-to-1 shot. Robbie Alvarado's uh, up on melaluca uh who has oh, won at this distance four times and then you've got the uh, late spring at 10 to 1 who's won one hundred twenty-seven thousand at this distance so you might get a price at some of these niche horses that really like it
4: well john i agree with you there and a horse i'm really looking at and going back to i'll come to her in just a second miss ella number nine um in her you know as far as buyer numbers go, in the last uh, three out of four starts, she's buyered in the low 90s, which is better than anything in the field. And you brought up a key point that I would made a note of. She's winless at 5.5. Um, she's got to come from off the pace. And uh, at Keeneland, that, on that turf course, and that's not the best thing to do. Um, seems like horses have a little bit of trouble coming from back, coming from off the pace on, on that track. Fairpoint beat her last time um, up at Saratoga in the Smart and Fancy, but a horse I really do like here is Scattergun, number four. I'm not mistaken, I think she's about 20-to-1 on the morning line. She's likely raised. Yeah, very
2: interesting. Neil Tesson trained. uh, She's got got some kind of hitch in her get-along because she had a start at two, two starts at three, and one start at four, but has never been off the board and has uh, won 168000 She's a scat daddy who's on fire right now. 20-to-1, yeah, that's one you don't want to
4: overlook. No, I, you know, I'll definitely be including her in uh, pick threes and pick fours. Um, you know, I, I'm still probably put a little win ticket on it. Um, you know, I, it. You know, sometimes you just have a feeling about a horse, and this horse, and like you said, she's had some hiccups in, in her career, but since that last race at Kentucky Downs, I think she ran a 117 at 6.5. And, and if you look at uh, Cassie's horse, the Mississippi horse, I think she ran a 118, winning at the same distance at Kentucky Downs last time out. So I, I think this horse is, is sitting on a big race. She's had three works since that last win, so that tells me that uh, you know Neil's feeling pretty good about her.
2: Absolutely. Well, listen, let's
4: let's move on to the, to the rematch of the week.
2: As far as I'm concerned, we've got the champion catch a glimpse going against yeah. the new kid on the block. Time and motion. Three year old fillies in the QE2. They're going to be going a mile and an eighth on the turf. Of course, Catch a Glimpse undefeated at the turf at Keeneland. Uh, Time in Motion has only raced once on that. Of course, it was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly turf against Catch a Glimpse when Time in Motion yeah. was 56 to 1. But she's a new horse this year
4: for uh, Jimmy Toner. Oh, absolutely. And John, here, here's something about that last race. Um, in the Lake Placid. Cat, you know, Velasquez had to put time in motion in the race earlier than she wants to be, and they were cutting back an eighth of a mile uh, from their last start in the Belmont Oaks when Catch a Glimpse had beaten her. So with that being said, Velasquez, uh, you know, he 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 pressed Catch a Glimpse, took her in deep stretch, and, and, and prevailed. So that showed me that uh, time in motion has a different dimension that we didn't know about, where Catch a Glimpse is, is purely speed. And um, I don't think catching lumps is going to get an easy lead in this race, but I think it's going to make the job a little bit easier for time and uh, motion. But the other thing that interests me about that is Velasquez is coming to Kentucky to keep the mount on time and motion and giving up the the mount on theory in the uh, discovery stakes, which we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. Absolutely.
2: Very interesting. I was wondering about that myself. Well, it'll be a great matchup. That's going to be the Queen Elizabeth Challenge at Keeneland. It's the ninth race on Saturday. We're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and we come back. We're going to be talking with Jody Evans about two races at Belmont Park. Thanks for tuning in.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart.
2: All right, and with me, handicapper Jody Evans, and I have to stand corrected, ladies and gentlemen. I thought Jody was at a truck rally But he's at a Trump rally.
4: (laughs) (laughs) They're probably both as raucous as each other, huh? Uh, Yeah, it was pretty loud in there. It was pretty loud as you can probably, you know, hopefully uh, the fans aren't picking that up too much. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of quieted down now, so hopefully we can finish up this and uh, not have too much background noise. All
2: right, we got about five minutes to knock out two races. That ought to be easy because, sad to say, In the 126th running of the Grade 3 Futurity at Belmont Park, we've only got a field of five. And you mentioned the defection of uh, Velasquez on Theory, who, in my opinion, looks like the horse to beat. But I just want to point out two horses that have local connections. Uh, The Walk is by Hanson. Of course, Dr. Hanson's a local boy made good. And Moves Like Ali is a Buckeye bred who broke his maiden at Saratoga.
4: Yes, he did. Do you know there was actually two Ohio Brads, he being one that won on the Saratoga card that day? Uh, you know I
2: didn't miss that, Jody. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't think you
2: would. Well, uh, but, uh, I, yeah. again, we're going six furlongs in the Futurity, so uh, I don't think we're going to see any of these horses in the Breeders' Cup race, but if you go back in the history of this race, a lot of good horses came out of it. Uh, so it, it, it's a classy race. It's sad that the uh, such a short field showed up, but uh, I believe every race in here has, uh, every horse in here has already won a race, and um, in theory,
4: I'm wondering if that's the horse you're going to. Yeah, John, I, you have to. Um, I know the horse had uh, a little foot ailment. I think he missed about maybe two weeks of training. They actually had talked about laying him up till uh, until the beginning of next year, but uh, shipped him down to WinStar. He uh, seems to be okay. I think he's had three works since then. And, um, you know, he he beat the, uh, in the maiden field that he faced uh, pretty easily up at Saratoga. Um, something I want to mention about that, you asked me about uh, angles I look for. I like looking for key races. So that race on July 30th to me is a key race. You've got Reckling coming out of that race. And also another horse that came out of that race was Motown, who finished second to Reckling in his uh, maiden breaker. And uh, I think Coolmore just bought a uh, bought part of Motown from Dutro, but anyway, I think this race just comes down to two horses, Theory and Reckling. And if Theory right. right, they're not going to touch him.
2: No. And uh, I, again, you know, the horse that that Theory beat uh, in his only start was Reckling. Reckling comes back, wins his next race for trainer Steve Asmussen at Saratoga. And again, Motown, the horse you mentioned, came back and won his next race. So you want to talk about key races, this could uh, possibly be a table-turner for Reckling over Theory, but I do think that those are the two that definitely float to the top. Well, I'm down to about the three-minute mark, so I want to make sure that we uh, get in the $200,000 Pebbles. They're going to go a mile on the turf. I didn't check my weather report, but I think it's been halfway uh, decent in New York, uh, Ancient Secret, uh, Thundering Sky, and Welcoming have all taken turns kind of beating each other. It comes down to these three, in my opinion.
4: John, I agree with you. Uh, The concern I have is uh, Ancient Secret. uh, She just ran so poorly up at Woodbine in her last start. Um, Thundering Sky also comes out of that race. But uh, Chad Brown, uh, he, he he thinks that she just didn't ship well. He's looking for a big effort from her. I think she is the horse to beat. Um, another horse, uh, yeah, I like his other horse in this race also. She doesn't mind. Um, cause I, I, you know, and I'm just looking for a little bit of a price here, but uh, they've got, you know, ancient secret is the horse to beat. Thundering Sky definitely gets part of this. Um, you know, another horse, I think it might be improving a little bit as instant Irma for uh, Billy Mott. Um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. This is her first stakes, uh. But, um, you know, so maybe she's on the emperor. When my gets one going, they usually uh, go pretty well.
2: Well, yeah, it, it, it's pr- pretty interesting, though, because uh, Instant Irma uh, did beat Welcoming last time out. Welcoming finished a, a really game third in the wild applause stakes with Ancient Secret and That's Thundering right. Sky. So I think this is one of those days you, you look at those four horses, and if you're a value guy, you try to see who kind of, you know, rose to the top in there. Uh, I, I would just uh, also would like to allude uh, briefly to Ultra Brat, a Grand Motion-trained uh, filly by the uh, really skyrocketing sire, Uncle Mo. Uh, Grand Motion mm-hmm. started 14 horses at the Belmont meet, has four wins, three seconds, and a third, so he's batting 25%. He's bringing Prado in to ride. I think that's a horse with a lot of upside if there's speed up front.
4: John, I agree with you. Uh, It's going to be a good race, and you know, I I think the other thing is these three-year-old fillies are are getting their chance in the spotlight with uh, Catch a Glimpse and Time and Motion chipping down to Keeneland for the QE2. Absolutely, uh, you know, it's an open race. Yeah, it
2: is. It is, and that is the Pebbles at Belmont Park. Pull down your easy win forms because this is going to be one of those races where you're going to need all the help you get. And I certainly want to thank handicapper Jody Evans for helping us out here tonight on Winning Ponies. And uh, go ahead and enjoy the rest of your night in Cincinnati, Jody. Appreciate you being on.
4: I will do. I appreciate it. It's always great uh, talking with you about the horses.
2: All right, and we will do that again. want to thank Evan Hammons from the Blood Horse. want to thank you for listening. Once again, busy week. Pull down the easy win forms. Go to winningponies.com. You heard the winners I gave you out at the top of the show. You can make a slew of bucks. Well, once again, I'm looking over that manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I want to remind everybody, when you go to the races, bet with your head.